This is a Rooster Teeth production. everyone and welcome to another episode of annual pass that's right this is the podcast where we talk about theme parks and rides and shows and snacks and all kinds of fun stuff involving the world of theme parks i am your host jack patillo and of course joining me as always is my beautiful co-host mr jeff ramsey hi jeffrey how you doing jack i'm good and i have a I have a shocking revelation for you that I've been I've been keeping from you uh well the entire time we were talking leading up to the start of this podcast but also uh since Saturday I've been keeping a secret from you. You've been holding a secret for what what is this secret? I've been holding an annual pass related secret. Uh, uh well I appreciate that level of enthusiasm. I don't know that it's warranted. Uh however, I will tell you that on Saturday night at approximately 9:30 p.m. Central Time uh-huh. Uh, with the help of my daughter, uh, Millie Ramsey, uh, my much braver than I daughter, I rode uh, the giant Ferris wheel at Navy Pier in Chicago, which I think counts as a ride. Whoa. So I was doing I was doing some theme park work. Nice, dude. You did doing some off time theme park work. That's that's awesome. man. how was it? Uh, it was terrifying. I looked uh, I, I was reminded that I am now scared of heights. But mostly just in a when you're hanging, like if you're, say, on a Velocicoaster and you're going 182 miles an hour, Mm -hmm. you don't notice the heights. So this is the Centennial Wheel is what you went on? Yeah, but on the Centennial Wheel, uh, when you're up there for uh, the average ride lasts about uh, 78 minutes, I think. So by about minute 40, uh, you're really sweating. (laughs) Uh, and so uh i was uh what i i figured out that if i just looked at the floor at my feet and just stared Mm -hmm. at my shoelaces i was fine so that's what i did so this so this is like the uh, like the london eye or the orlando orlando eye or the the high roller in vegas so exactly and it's because it give you a little bit of history uh Uh jack because we like to give history on our theme parks and i actually have some here for you you know in the in, in 1893 Mm-hmm. The Chicago uh, Expo or the World's Fair mm-hmm. uh, was in our, uh, the the beautiful city of Chicago, uh, <laughs> and they were trying to uh, previously uh, ten years uh, before that was at the Paris exhibition, and that's where they unveiled the Eiffel Tower. It was the Eiffel Ooh. Tower is actually a World's Fair exhibition, and it was just a permanent. Ex- they people liked it so much they left it, and so we, they wanted to um, like with American ingenuity and spirit, even though, you know, we love the French and vice versa. Uh, they wanted to out Eiffel Eiffel is what they said. And so wow. this guy Ferris created the Ferris wheel and the original Ferris wheel, Jack was so large. I want to say it was more than twice the size of the centennial Ferris wheel in Ooh. Chicago. Uh, it was so large that the, uh, I guess like the cages that hold people, mm-hmm. they held f- over 40 people Jesus. In, in one of those cra- in one of those cages. And huh. so can you imagine 40 or 50 people swinging in one of those more than <laughs> twice the height of any, I, I want to say more than twice the height of any Ferris wheel in existence, but maybe even more than has been built since the original. It was, it was deconstructed not too long after the world's fair because they needed metal and it had a lot of <laughs> metal in it. Yeah. The Centennial wheel is 200, almost 200 feet tall. So I can only uh, like close to 400 feet. That's that, that insane. seems high, but what was yeah. the original Ferris wheel? We'll have to look it up. Uh, that's all okay. hyperbole on my part, but, uh, uh, there's your little bit of Jeff's annual pass. Uh, I'm taking you through the ride. First of all, all right, Jack. So <laughs> we get in, walk right, in, and you sit down. It's dark. Uh-huh. Uh, it's nighttime, but there's like a bluish and purplish uh, neon Ooh. glow. Uh, to, to you on the right uh, is a teenager who talks too much, and his girlfriend he's trying to impress. Is there music playing, Jeff? Is there music? 
I, the only music I remember hearing was the, was the the loud beating of my of my of my heart oh. in my ears. I think uh, I can hear then, it. Then, then across from you is my daughter Millie, who seems to be fine. She's on her phone. And then across and to the right is uh, <laughs> a, another young couple on a date, definitely not high school age. Uh, the girl has is going to have her eyes closed the entire ride because she's having a worse time than I am. Uh, and now now we're t- we're lifting up. There's a gentle sway forward, and then we're gentle sway back. And then a general sway forward, and then a general, general. And if you look to the left, you'll see that we are, we're much higher than you are than a, a, a person would should feel comfortable. Oh, we're, we are so high right now, we're, Jack. Uh, we're pushing uh, as we go up, 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 almost 200 feet, Jack. We're Whoa. up around 200 feet, and now we're just gonna sit here for a while. I don't know why. We're just gonna sit and swing. <laughs> and this is. I don't feel like I'm riding anything. I feel like uh, God plucked me up into the heavens and is dangling me uh, precariously above uh, the very wow. hard. A uh, bone-breaking ground, and then and then for no reason we go forward a little bit, and now slowly we come down, slowly come down, down, slowly come down, down. and it's like oh maybe we're gonna get them. They go no no no, and they speed it up a little bit. They might be going like six or seven miles an hour now, and then uh, and then we're gonna do that again two or three more times, and then you'll get out. Oh, okay, well, that, wow, that sounds fun. That was fun, yeah. Jeff. Thank you, thank you for the the walkthrough. I appreciate that. Yeah, and I'll be honest with you, Jack. Uh, I had no intention of doing that. Uh, that was that uh, that was pure. That was just inspiration in the moment. Uh, That's so that was the not magic prepared of podcasting. Thank you. There you go. Thank yeah. you very much for that. And speaking of, speaking of magic, thank you again, everyone who's listening right now. Our community, the annual pass community, is absolutely fantastic. Please, please, please keep sending me photos of you wearing annual pass merchandise in theme parks. It keeps me alive. If you want to send us a, a, some photos, send it to annual underscore pass on Twitter, Instagram. It is absolutely awesome to see you guys sending that stuff in, and it makes me really happy. Don't forget, if you see someone wearing annual pass merch, I want you to ask for a high five or offer a high five if you're wearing one. And, uh, and I want to see photos of random strangers high fiving over annual pass, or maybe like what? Maybe like like the the demolition man, like the don't touch high five thing, where you you act like you high five and then make a little circle, and then Rob Schneider walks by. <laughs> that because of COVID right now, Jeff. Right, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> Are you busy? You're 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 on eBay again right now. I see how it is. That's, that's Soaring fun. to a height of two hundred and sixty-four <laughs> feet, the original Whoa. Ferris wheel offered fairgoers a ten to twenty-minute ride, unlike anything they'd experienced before. What? Why ten to twenty? That's that's a weird range. So that was very, like, very, very, yeah. <laughs> it depends on it. Depends on how who was cranking the wheel at the bottom that day. I guess uh, so. For many, the Ferris wheel took them as high up as they'd ever been, and the views did not disappoint. Jack, as passengers traveled through the air, they could see out over Lake Michigan and glimpse new vistas of the city itself. In all, more than one point four million people paid the fifty cent fee to take a ride on the wheel. Despite the popularity of the attraction, though, Jack. The Ferris wheel met with a string of financial issues after the fair. Oh. It was disassembled and moved to Clark Street, where it operated from 1895 till just 1903, and then was sold and rebuilt in St. Louis, uh, Missouri, of all places, for the 1904 World's Fair. Little lame, been there, done that. In May of 1906, demolition company used 200 pounds of dynamite to blow it up, and its Ooh. remnants were sold for much-needed scrap metal uh, I would assume a lot of that metal ended up in the one of the wars. And that is from Ch- the Chicago Architecture Center is where I took that from. There you go. Wow. That's kind of cool. They yeah. blew up the Ferris wheel. Which, man. 200 pounds of dynamite. What else do you do at the ter- you know at that time, like turn of the century, like 1906, yeah. with 264 feet of metal that nobody uh, wants to pay to use? And that is wild. You got to get like, what else do you, how else do you get rid of it? 
Can you think of, of stepping into anything that had been built that's almost 300 feet tall that was made in the early 1900s? <laughs> like, <that's>, <laughs> no. <laughs> to be fair, I guess mo I guess a lot of skyscrapers. I mean, I guess the Eiffel Tower. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eiffel Tower. I guess I was, I was just in the, uh, the the Willis Tower in Chicago, and that, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty old. Wait, what you talking about? Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Jeff, today... Today's episode is not about Ferris wheels, believe it or not. I, by the way, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hijack uh, the podcast. Feel free to cut all this out. I just realized in the moment I had something to talk about. No, that's fantastic. I, I, I was able to take a little break from the start of the podcast. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. I love hearing you getting into the spirit of annual pass. You know, we started this um, kind of off of your newfound interest in theme parks due to uh, <laughs> you going to Disneyland. And now yeah. here you are. We've already been to we've already been to Universal Orlando together. You, you've gone to Chicago. You've been to Vegas. Have you ridden any roller coasters in Vegas yet? I did. I rode uh, I rode a roller coaster in Vegas called the uh, the Tram. <laughs> they have a monorail, you know. You can ride yeah, the monorail. The monorail that's what it was. The monorail tram. Okay. I rode it from the Flamingo to another hotel to get away from the Flamingo. Nice, nice. Go up towards the uh, Sahara or SLS. I think it's the Sahara again. It was the SLS, but anyway. Well, hey, today is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to be talking about a Disneyland attraction, Jeff. Okay. Today's episode, we are going to talk about the Matterhorn bobsleds. Did you ride the Matterhorn bobsleds when you were out there in Disneyland back in early 2020? Um, maybe. What's it like? It's a giant mountain in the middle of the park. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did the mountain. Hard yeah. to miss. Yeah, I did. I think so. Well, I think so. There's Big Thunder Mountain, and then there's oh, the Matterhorn. I definitely, ooh. How do I know which is which? Well, uh, Matterhorn is enormous, and uh, if you still have a spine, you probably did not ride it, because boy, howdy, is that thing uh, a bit shaky. Uh, let me, I tell you what I'm going to do, Jack. Uh -huh. I'm going to. T I'm going to text my girlfriend while you're talking and I'll find out. Okay. All right. There you go. That works. Did we ride the Matterhorn? Yeah. Matterhorn or, or Big Thunder Mountain. There's many mountains at Disneyland. You know, you've got Space Mountain, you've got Big Thunder Mountain, you've got Splash Mountain, and you have the Matterhorn, which is the only real mountain based off an actual real mountain. And it's the only mountain at Disneyland not ending in the word mountain. True. True. Matterhorn Mountain just sounds funky. <laughs> anyway... I have a lot of cool facts and information about the Matterhorn bobsleds. First and foremost, if you are a big fan of theme parks like I, and you haven't for some reason watched the Imagineering story on Disney Plus, go and watch the Imagineering story. Because I want to say the second episode, they actually talk about the development of the Matterhorn, which is pretty cool. And so uh, you get to see one of the or one of the Imagineers actually go and like sign his name on the wall and stuff. It's really really neat. So. Anyway, uh, the Matterhorn bobsleds opened June 14th, 1959, just a few short years after the park opened in 1955. The big thing about this one, Jeff, it was the world's first roller coaster to use tubular steel track. So you're so used to seeing metal coasters with those steel tubes, you know? Yeah. This was the very, very first one on the planet that according to you know historians that used that track and that's kind of cool apparently it, it made the uh, the ride a lot more smooth at least maybe back then it did it is not smooth now it was also the first ride that used an electronic dispatch system that actually allowed them to have more than one vehicle on the track at the same time oh. um, because they could kind of see where they were as they went through. So if they had to stop it, they could stop one before it slammed into the back of the other one. So it's a way to get more people going through more bodies on on seats, as they say. 
And so uh, there's a website called Undercover Tourist I pulled some info from. Uh, originally on the site was just a big pile of dirt. <laughs> so um, b- back when they first built this area, uh, when they when they built uh, Disneyland, they had to dig that moat around Sleeping Beauty Castle. And the dirt had to go somewhere, and it would have been more expensive to actually take it off site. So they just kind of put it into a big pile. And they actually just they nicknamed the whole thing Holiday Hill. So uh, they just had this big hill of dirt that initially was off limits to guests. Eventually, <laughs> they actually like they put some grass on it and stuff, and they nicknamed it Holiday Hill, and people could go up there and whatnot. But apparently, uh, according to a, a YouTube channel I watch, uh, Theme Park History, Walt Disney was upset because apparently some uh, some kids were going up on Holiday Hill and uh, sneaking away and making their own magical time, if you know what I mean. And so uh, Walt's like, can't have, can't have that in my park. Can't have any little you know little Mickey Mouse being born yeah. in my park. So. So there's like, we need to do something with this area. One of the first things they did was they had the Skyway use that hill as kind of an area to use. It was basically the Skyway was this gondola system set up that would take you from Tomorrowland to, I think, Fantasyland, and you would get in and go over the whole park. So he basically came up with the idea, if I can't stop the kids from going up on a uh, holiday hill to, mm-hmm. to make whoopee, I can sell tickets to the gondola ride to, <laughs> to peeping Toms. There you go. There you go. That's how it works. There you go. And uh, yeah, so the gondola obviously has been gone for a while. They actually have a new gondola set up over at uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios, which goes in between Disney Hollywood Studios and Epcot as well, um, just to get people into the studios quicker. But originally, the Matterhorn had some gaps in it to actually let the Skyway pass through it. So you could get on the Skyway and actually go through the Matterhorn Mountain on it. So it would, you know, as you're going through the ride, you look down and then all of a sudden you go through the whole thing, which is really cool. And they actually built it into the attraction, which is really, really neat. It's been altered obviously since then, but uh, it's been through quite a few different iterations of the, of the ride. I mean, the thing is, geez, 70, almost 70 years old at this point now, more than 70. What's 1955. What's, what would that have been 45? That'd have been 66 years now. The thing's been around. So it's gone through a few different renovations. Obviously, it wasn't an opening day attraction. How many How many years did you say? Let's say 66. Is that all right? Okay. 1955. So to get to 2000, be 45. Then 45 66. plus 20, yeah, you're 21. Right. Is I, it, okay. Challenging me on my math? No, I just didn't see that. I couldn't see the work. So oh, make okay. sure you were, you were arriving I'm to the answer there. properly. Okay. I appreciate you that you're, you're keeping me on my toes. So it, so uh, hold on. So the gondola went through the Matterhorn for a while and then they pulled it out. Do you know why? Because I, I think that it's got rid of the whole Skyway system. They actually took the whole thing down. Let me see. I actually, I have, I have notes here. Uh, I didn't know if it was one of those things that we talked about last time where it's like, if one ride shuts down, it shuts the other one down too, or. No, I mean, well, I mean, obviously, like the the Matterhorn, it sort of it was working in conjunction with the Skyway. So when they got rid of the Skyway, they actually filled in the gaps. Um, 1994 is when they took down the Skyway. 1994. Okay. Yeah. So it lived for quite a while, but they finally took down the Skyway. I want to say I may have ridden on the Skyway as a child because it sounds familiar to me, feels familiar to me. But yeah, 1994, they got rid of it. I'm glad we double checked on that because I just had this flash of me being at a party someday in a post-COVID world around like the table with all the food, like getting a chip. And then somebody was like, hey, you're that guy from the from the theme park podcast. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, and we strike up a conversation. Then he mentions he mentions the Skyway. And I go, you know, they they got rid of that in 77. And he's like, excuse me. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, in 1977, they got rid of it. And he's like, I, I I'm horrified to hear you. Are you are you pranking me? I thought you were the theme park guy. Everybody. Who's anybody? Who, uh, who's anybody? Anybody <laughs> worth their salt in the theme park world knows ni- 1994. That's 
So are you, and then he's like, he can't decide if I'm making fun of him yeah. and poking at him because I don't think he's a real theme park person or like I'm a fraud, you know? And like, so he's, and either way, it ruins the entire night. And then I got to leave. There you go. Sounds about right. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, so there was a Skyway through it to get back onto that. And it was 1994 <laughs> when they took it down, as, as you obviously know. There are two separate tracks as well, Jeff. Did you know that? I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, so there is a Tomorrowland side and a Fantasyland side. Are you uh, serious? Left or right? Yeah. So there's there's two different there's two different tracks that go side by side. They both kind of launch similar, but then they're very like I think the Fantasyland one's actually a little bit longer. I will say they're they're equally painful. I don't think either either one is uh, is softer than the other at this point. And you've done both. I've done both. Do you have a preference? Do they feel like different rides in your head or? Not really. I mean, there's just a the little bit of track difference. I mean, as far as like like maybe a left turn instead of a right turn here, but um, there there's actually animatronics on the attraction, and uh, you see the first animatronic you see is a real big one, and both tracks pass that one, but then later throughout the ride they built the same animatronic, so you see it no matter which one you're on. But th- those you see independently. So the, the Fantasyland one sees the Fantasyland animatronic and the Tomorrowland one sees the Tomorrowland one. Gotcha. Kind of cool. More than 800 gallons of paint were used to create heavier snowfall on the north facing side of the mountain, just like the real Matterhorn. So when they when they updated it recently, I think in 2012, so very recently, they did a massive renovation of it. They repainted it to match the actual Matterhorn because the north facing side has more snow because it's it's not facing the sun as often. And so they actually replicated that and they used glass beads to actually make the snow glitter. So they like blew in glass beads along with the paint to make the snow glitter when the sun hits it, which is actually really, really cool. That's really cool and clever. I like that you had to include the wife for me just in case I couldn't get there. <laughs> I got you. I got you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Aero Developments made the attraction. They're also responsible for a ton of classic Disney attractions uh, like the Mad Tea Party, which is the spinning teacups, uh, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, Dumbo the Flying Elephant, and and lots and lots more. So like a lot of really, really classic uh, uh, attractions were made by Aero Development as well. In 1977, there was a big refurbishment. The, The attraction had been around for, you know, what, almost 20 years at that point. And so they're like, all right, we gotta we gotta clean it up a little bit. They went from having a single ride car to having two ride cars so they could push through more people. They added some uh, new tunnels to the whole thing, and also they added the abominable snowman. So that was the big thing. It wasn't initially there, and so they added that one. Like they closed up some of the holes to give it sort of more of a claustrophobic feel, and they added in this this um, this animatronic snowman, which is actually repurposed from some of the giant gorilla animatronics from the Jungle Cruise. So they just repainted oh. them and threw them in there, which is kind of cool. That is cool. Yeah, and so and then and they use the abominable snowman as like the big PR thing. It's uh, it's like come like the like what's gotten into the mountain, and it's like this snowman, and so that's sort of like got people back into it. And uh, Jeff, the the snowman, the 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 Yeti has a nickname. Well, or he actually technically named. He has a name. What do you think the Yeti's name is? Horny. Close. Starts with an H. Uh. <laughs> I, I uh, Harold. It's Harold. You got it. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. The Yeti's Nuh-uh. name is Harold. Are you serious? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so, yeah, Harold. Why? Harold the Yeti. I don't know, but that's his. That was his nickname, and it just is stuck. And so he's always been Harold. And so he doesn't look like like they've they've redone the animatronics. So um so in uh, May twenty seventh of nineteen seventy eight they reopened again. So after the 19, 1977 refurbishment they opened in in nineteen seventy eight. 
it pretty much lived like that until 1994, where in 1994, they added a new ride scene, which had like these shiny crystals kind of like right after the launch hill. And there was also a box that said the Wells Expedition because it was made to look like someone had been traveling through there. So the Wells Expedition was added because Frank Wells was the COO of Disney. He was actually the president of Disney, and he passed away um, around that time. He was the if you watch the Imagineering story, they talk about a lot. But so they actually added this as a sort of homage to, to Frank Wells. And he was actually he loved he loved uh, uh, mountain climbing and, and skiing and stuff. So it's kind of like his little mark on the park. So that's pretty sweet. Pretty much stayed the same up until about January of 2012, where they had another refurbishment. They went from having two people side by side in the attraction, which you had to be crammed in there pretty tight if you're a pretty big person, to now it's just six people in a row. So it's like basically a row, like you have your you know, one person's directly in front of you, but you have the whole car to yourself. So now I they went from like eight- a like a human centipede. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, like Splash Mountain, kind of, which is kind of the same thing as the human centipede. But anyway, they repainted the entire mountain as well during that time, which was the first time since opening they had painted the entire mountain from top to bottom. And that's when they blew in all the uh, the glass and they repainted the snow on that one side of it and stuff. And then it reopened it after six months. It finally reopened June 15th of 2012. And then not only that, January 25th, 2015 is three years later. They added these like screens to the launch hill where you can actually see the Yeti kind of like moving around and stuff. Uh, the crystals got removed, but now it has a bunch of like Disney history. So inside there, they actually have the old bobsled is like covered over by sand or by snow. Excuse me. They have one of the gondolas from the Skyway is in there also kind of like destroyed. Like basically Yeti's been collecting all these bits. The Wells Expedition box is still there as well. So it's kind of cool. Like they just slowly been adding more and more stuff to it. And uh, and also they replaced the Yeti animatronic. Harold got an update and Harold looks pretty, pretty vicious now. He looks much more angry. Rawr is what Harold <laughs> sounds like. So. Okay. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, but uh, it's it's pretty wild. Like so, the, you know, the bobsled has been around for a long time. And Jeff, yes, sir, are you ready to join me somewhere in between Fantasyland and Tomorrowland to ride the Matterhorn bobsled? Uh, you know it, buddy. All right. Well, here we go, Jeff. Okay, we're gonna head, do, do, okay. We're gonna first first thing we can see it. Wow, right, right, right behind the Sleeping Beauty Castle, off to the right, Jeff. You can see that giant mountain. It's 147 feet tall, Jeffrey. Can you see it? Yeah, that's almost as tall as a Ferris wheel. It, it's covered. It's covered. It's covered with snow, mostly on the northern face, because the sun doesn't hit there as often. And maybe right. if we're lucky, we might see climbers <laughs> going up and down it because they actually climb the mountain. Jeff, it glints as if it were covered in glass beads, Jack. <laughs> and we may, maybe we'll maybe we'll catch uh, catch sight of the climbers if they're here today. But if not, that's okay. Uh, they're probably inside hanging out. But uh, okay, let's, let's walk around and we'll go get in, go get in line for the matter. We can hear all the music and it sounds really. It's you can hear the wind blowing like because it's what? all like really cold over here because the Matterhorn. What, what's up, Jeff? What is that music I'm hearing? What does it sound like, Jack? I can't quite make it out. It sounds like Swiss music, Jeff. Right. right. That's what how I would describe it, yes. Like that, that famous Swiss, Swiss musician. What was their name? ABBA. ABBA. Yeah, ABBA. <laughs> it's just nothing but ABBA's play. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. So uh, are, are these are they Swedish? anyway? Okay. So they're Swedish. <laughs> they're Swedish. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so anyway, we're, let's get on. So which side do you want to go on, Jeff? Well, we got two. We got two choices here. They they're both going to hurt uh, our back. Uh, Jack, Jack, we're both we're, we're both left-handed, so we got to go left. We're going left, Jeff. All right. So I think that is the Tomorrowland side of things. So we'll get in line, get in our queue. Okay. All right, Jeff. We're, we're we've made it through through the power of editing. Ooh. We're we're at the front of the line. Here we are. We see our car pull up in front of us. So we have six seats, Jeff. Which two do we want to take? Like the two front ones, two back ones? Uh, what's the most painful? The back? Uh, probably the back. Yeah, let's do okay, it. Okay, we don't need spines. All right, let's go ahead and get in these cars. And uh, you, you can sit in the very back, and I'll sit like kind of in your lapish area, I guess, in between <laughs> okay. your feet. All right, yeah. here we go. So we're going up the hill. Remember, this thing's been around for 66 years, so the track's a little bit old, but that's okay. Okay, here we go. For, oh, okay, we make a little left, and now we're going up the launch hill, Jeff. We're okay. going up. It's, it's, a little, it's the clicky thing. Click, 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 click. We love that. Oh, you can hear. You can hear that we're going to the tunnels. Really, really dark. And we're going to see just a, a few lights. And we can probably hear the wind blowing and stuff, right? You can hear the almost. Uh, you probably hear the ADR of uh, whoever edits this. Yeah, yeah okay. Dennis. Yeah, the whole Dennis stuff. is doing this one. Uh, yeah. yeah, and oh, 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 you can you can hear the Yeti. You hear the Yeti, Jeff? He's a raw. You can hear him up in front of us. Whoa! Look, look behind the, the behind the ice on your left. You can see him, Jeff. You see the Yeti. He's there. He's behind. He's looking at us. He, oh. looks very, he looks very upset, and his eyes are glowing. Well, he seems to be frozen in ice. I think we're fine. Uh, well, no, no, he's moving. You can see behind the ice, Jeff. It's, we're on another side. We're on an ice wall. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> All right, we, we've well, pressed I'm not sure what to do with that information, Jack. Is he coming at us or not? What do I, I want? Do I need to prepare? Or do I, I, do I need to scavenge for something to hit him with? Look around you. Uh, look at the bottom of the cart. Do you see a hammer or a, a knife? I have nothing with me. I've not just just break my off an icicle. Ears. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, we've crested the hill, Jeff. Now we're going. We're flat, and we're starting to pick up some speed. Oh, look! And if you look to the left, Jeff, you can see it. You can see the the, the old the old bobsled and the the pile of stuff. There's a the Skyway. Is the Yeti in there. the bobsled? Is he coming after us? He's not, but he's clearly ruined this thing. Okay, we're moving left. Oh, and it, it, it opens up, and we can see all of Disneyland outside. We're making this big left bank. And oh, Jeff, there he is! He's right there! He's right oh, there! He's gone! Oh wow! He's oh he's hit him with your shoe. He was growling. Okay, we're past him now. We're past him. Okay, we're oh, making God. right. We're, we're picking up some speed. Oh, oh God, we're whipping back and forth. You see like ice caves. Pretty cool, right? I Jackie, he's hideous. I just saw the picture come through from Dennis. It's worse <laughs> than I imagined. Well, it's Ben, but that's okay. <laughs> I mean, for Ben. Sorry, I said Dennis. Here, hold on. Ben's Ben changed it. He fixed it with that. Oh yeah, okay, there we go. Our Ben. Okay, so anyway, no. Now we're going through. Now we can see like we're right on the edge. We're on the edge. We can see to our right. It's just like. It's all of Disneyland. We can like even make out Space Mountain. Oh, it's Tomorrowland. Oh, now we're back in. There's more caves. We're whipping back and forth, left and right. And at this point, our spine is still mostly intact. But now we're picking well, that's up speed, good. Jeff. We're picking up speed. We're getting rattled around, thrown left and right, left are, and right. Are we free of the Yeti, Jack, or do we, is he going to make another appearance? Right, right now, we, we don't know where he is. We, he, uh. we can hear him growling in, in the caves as we're moving around. And we can see, like, oh, oh, we're passing over a bridge, and we've got all kinds of rock walls around us. It's really neat. Oh, it opens up again. Now we can see trees. Now we're still moving. Whoa, we're going underneath another cave completely tunnel. Oh, and it's, it's shiny. Oh, there he is again, Jeff. He's on our left. Jesus, God. Oh, again. He, took a, he took a swing at us. I almost got you, Jeff. Are you okay? <laughs> I think so. Uh, I appear to all be here. Okay, okay. Okay, I'm going to make a couple right turns, and it's starting to slow down a little bit. But we can see, like, the other tracks right next to us, and we're going around. Oh. Wow, okay, we're, we're, we're more outside. Oh, there's a waterfall. Did you see the water? Did you get hit with water? I did a little bit. It's, oh, it's well, cold. Okay, and then the bridge is going to go over us. We're gonna, ooh, we're not, we're not creepy like stone bridge. Whoa, we passed over that. It's a good thing it's, it's, it stayed up, though. That would have been bad if we would have fallen. That, that would have been the end of us. Oh, okay, now we're starting, starting to, to, to space out a little bit. It's a little bit cool, a little bit calm now. And whoa, okay, just a couple more dips. Come on, no, whoa, another waterfall. And Jeff, 
But watch it, it's water! We just splashed in the water, sploosh, and then we go up and sploosh again! We, spl we splashed in water! Uh, just, just so I'm clear, we really splashed in real water and we got real wet? Yeah, absolutely, it actually splashed us and we're gonna bank right then left. And we're slowing down and we're back at the load station. <sighs> we did it, Jeff, we survived the Matterhorn bobsleds at Disneyland. That was intense, and I uh, my Google page just loaded. It took me forever. I, I, uh, I got some helpful tips on surviving <laughs> a, a, a Yeti encounter, which I guess oh. we can save for next time. Okay, well, give me give me like tip number one. Well, no, number, number one is uh, make yourself look bigger than you are. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, number two is be aggressive. Yetis only respect aggression. Uh, number three is if if uh, conflict seems inevitable, uh, gouge uh, gouge the eyes. Okay, all right. It's between each other. Like I gouge your eyes or the yeti. Yeah, then you can't see it coming. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Huh. We did it, Jeff. We survived the Matterhorn bobsled. That was Whew. intense. Very intense. Very. And intense. now we're sopping wet. We are. We're maybe not sopping, but we're definitely wet. Fun fact. So there is a splashdown and your your vehicle actually does go into water at the end. Because of that, the actual undersides of all the cars have to be waxed so they don't get <laughs> so it doesn't it's not corrosive over time. So it actually gets waxed on them so the water doesn't stick as much. And the reason they go through water is because the brakes on the actual vehicles get hot during the ride, so the splashdown actually helps cool the brakes down, which is really clever actually. Yeah, that and I was. It's funny you mentioned that because I was reading. Uh, it's actually Disney has a program where they hire retired surfers and disabled <laughs> surfers who can't surf anymore to wax to wax down. Uh, that's, yeah, that's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. It's, it's the Walt Disney World Surfer Program. Um, yeah, or Disneyland yeah. Surfer Program. It's it's a very it's a real prestigious thing actually. The Matterhorn itself is one hundredth scale of the real Matterhorn. So it is 147 feet tall. And Jeff, guess how tall the actual mountain is? Uh, how tall is the Matterhorn again? 147 feet. Well, I guess it would be 100 times that. Yeah, you would be correct. It's 14,700 feet tall. Yeah. So it's actually in proportion to it. Dude, that's not fun to breathe at that at that I, height. No, no, I, I can imagine. Probably not good at all. What, three miles up in the air? Yeah. It's the highest point in Disneyland in the actual Disneyland park. And now it is, it's only second in, in, in all of Disneyland or I guess the California park. I don't know. What do they, what do they call it? It's like Walt Disney world. So what do you call both parks in California? It's not Disneyland. Cause that's the name of the park. If only one of us was some kind of expert, I should have, I should know this. The tower of terror, which is now uh, guardians of the galaxy mission breakout at Disney's California adventure is actually the tallest thing in both the parks now. So it was eclipsed by the tower of terror when that thing got built. Ah. But for the longest time, uh, the Matterhorn was the tallest, tallest structure in all of the um, California Anaheim Disney area. That's what I'll call it. Uh, the, the ADA. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the ADA. <laughs> The attraction itself was actually inspired by a movie called Third Man on the Mountain, which was a film shot in Switzerland on the real Matterhorn. It was released in 1959 and Walt, it was a Disney movie and Walt was going over to Switzerland to actually like see the production of it and stuff. And that, that movie is based on a book called Banner in the Sky, which actually released in 1955, which is the same year that Disneyland opened. So there you go. Right. Apparently, Walt grabbed a postcard of the mountain from a souvenir stand and sent it to his Imagineer friend or Imagineer employee, uh, Vic Green. Green with a message on it that it says, Vic, build this. 
Walt, <laughs> <laughs> which is super, super cool. So Vic Green was one of the guys responsible for the uh, the whole Matterhorn. So there's climbers on the mountain as well that climb the mountain up and down throughout the day. But in case of like inclement weather or like raining or it's not safe, they actually just hang out. There's a break room in the attic of the attraction, and there is a basketball goal actually set up inside the Matterhorn. So you can go shoot hoops inside the Matterhorn. Really? Yeah, yeah, and actually in the Imagineering story, they show it. They actually show the physical hoop and everything. And one of the Imagineers who worked on it, I don't know if it's Vic Green, but one of the Imagineers who worked on it, there's a tradition in most and a lot of Disney attractions where uh, when you work on an attraction, you actually sign your name somewhere on the inside. I know when I worked at the Great Movie Ride in Florida, I did a handprint. Uh, when I worked at the Backlot Tour, they had a wall full of signatures. And so it, at the Matterhorn, the attic is just full of signatures of people who've worked on the attraction over the years. And so they actually asked the Imagineer if he had signed it and he hadn't. So they had him sign it there which was actually really, really sweet. It's like this old this old man signing his name on this Matterhorn attraction, which is really, really cool. Yeah, that is awesome. Yeah, and so uh, initially, officially, the Matterhorn bobsleds were part of Tomorrowland, but it actually sits right kind of on the line between Tomorrowland and Fantasyland. And so in 1971, it moved to Fantasyland. So they like moved, they they rerouted it. They, they gerrymandered it out of there. And so <laughs> it's now part of Fantasyland. Is, is, is what it is. So that's kind of cool. When they replaced the Yeti as well, when they replaced Harold back in the uh, the 90s, they took one of the old animatronics and actually moved it to Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. So in Mission Breakout, they have a ton of cool like props and stuff. Like it's Tavon, uh, Tavon Tanelier from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. He's a collector. And so they have one of the Yetis actually up in his collection. It's, it's one of the ones from the ride. And actually, Kevin from uh, Mega64, let me know about let me know about that. So that's kind of uh, cool. That's, so that's very cool. Yeah. Mad props. As a matter of fact, our friends over at Mega64, uh, Rocco and Kevin, they have a podcast where they talk about a lot of Disney stuff called Creepy Old Crypt. And if, you, if you're a fan of any theme park stuff, I 100% recommend you checking those guys out. It's really, really cool. So mad props to those guys. Love them very, very much. Yeah, so that's pretty much all I have. There's there's a ton of facts about this thing. Again, this attraction has been around for 60 years, so I'm sure there's amazing, amazing information and secrets and stuff that I don't know. If you have anything you want to tell me about uh, the Matterhorn, feel free to email us, annualpass at roosterteeth.com. And uh, yeah, I'd love to read stories about it, or if you work there, I would love to talk. I want to know where the hidden Mickeys are on it. That's true. I wonder if there are any hidden Mickeys on it. And so. I want to know if I've been on it. I keep waiting for my girlfriend to respond. He's <laughs> still not sure. I'm, I'm willing to bet you probably did not ride on it. You probably rode on Big Thunder Mountain is what I would be, what I would guess. It's possible I rode on both. I just don't know. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of stories and speaking of emails, uh, actually, I have an email here from uh, Cameron Onings who says, I'm a huge fan of the podcast and would like to share a story from one of my early experiences at Disneyland and learning about the Matterhorn. When I was a child, my parents would take me to Disneyland almost every summer to have a family vacation. One time when I was around five or six, we were enjoying a nice break in one of the restaurants in Adventureland near Tom Sawyer's Island. There I was at the table with my child leash around my wrist so I wouldn't run off with my parents. I do not know what came over me, but I got out of my seat and walked over to this other table where cast members were sitting. I just reached out and pinched one of the women on the butt. <laughs> my mom was mortified at this, but the cast members thought I was the cutest thing ever. 
summer. They then proceeded to buy me a Roy Rogers, which I loved at the time and told the stories about the park. One of the stories that stuck with me the most was about the abominable snowman that was inside the Matterhorn. They told me about how his name was Harold. And from that day, every time I go on the Matterhorn, I always shout out to Harold and say hi. I was able to share the story with my son on his first journey to Disneyland right before the pandemic hit. Thank you for making this podcast and look forward to many more adventures with the podcast. Thank you, Cameron. That is really cool. That's cool. Like I, I love seeing the you know traditions of theme parks passed down. Maybe not the butt pinching. That's not cool, Cameron. Don't yeah, do that. yeah. Well, it was a different time. Uh, <laughs> well, he's also five, five or six. So it also reminds me that I used to, I used to suck down a few Roy Rogers in my day when I was a kid too. That was a. Oh yeah. I feel like that's a drink that's not popular anymore. But when I was a kid, yeah. man, Roy Rogers was. Yeah. I wonder if we still get one in Disneyland. I'm sure you can get one anywhere. I'm sure you just, it's just Coke and grenadine and a cherry. Hmm. Okay. I'll have to try one of those. Uh, I have to give a special shout out to, to the theme park history YouTube channel. Uh, they did an amazing, amazing history video on the Matterhorn. Highly recommend you check them out. I I've given them shout outs in the past before on some other attractions, but th there's a video on Matterhorn was great. Also Wikipedia obviously is my friend and the official Disney parks blog too. So, uh, yeah, but that's going to do it for the Matterhorn. Jeff, do you have any, uh, have any fun facts to add to the Matterhorn story? No, I was just going to follow up by saying that's going to do it for the centennial uh, Ferris wheel in Chicago. If you have a, <laughs> Jack, if you have any questions or followed, let me know. All right, we'll write it together. Maybe maybe we'll go on the high roller when we go to Vegas sometime or we'll go in the Orlando Eye or something. Oh, I think we definitely will. I did ride the the London Eye and that was uh, pretty, pretty tall, pretty significant. Let's see. Let's see how, how tall. I know you're trying to end, but is no, that's the okay. London Eye. Oh, my God. You all right, Jeff? I, w I had it wrong. <laughs> uh, please understand what? that I, I, I read that. I read a book about that the Ferris wheel uh, 16 years ago. So I was going <laughs> off my memory. Uh, the, the, uh, the London Eye is uh, 443 feet high. Okay, yeah, that sounds about right. It's super tall. It's wow. very intimidating. It's also big. The 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 carts or the 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 carriages are really large. It takes thirty minutes. He's gonna get some really cool views of uh, of London, of, of Big Ben <laughs> Parliament. <laughs> yeah, well, I would hope so. <laughs> Next time we go to London, Jeff, we'll go we'll go ride a uh, little London Eye. Okie dokie. And we'll go to Alton Towers because everyone tells me to go to Alton Towers. So we'll, we'll make it a point to go to Alton Towers. If you work at Alton Towers, let me know. Alton Towers. Yes, I want to go to Alton Towers. Yes, please. we'll go to Alton Towers and. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, John Cleese will be there, I guess, or something, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's Eric Idle just waiting for us out front. He's actually <laughs> at Epcot. All right. Well, hey, this is the point of the show when we answer some questions. So um, I, uh, I got I got a few questions here for us. Let's see here. Um, all right. So here's a question for us. So this one's from C Murdoch 23. Would you guys ever and these are all from Rooster Teeth, by the way, if you have a question, feel free to leave a comment and say question. Ask us a question on Rooster Teeth. That's where I pull all the questions from. Seamardock23 says, would you guys ever be interested in visiting old slash abandoned amusement parks to learn their history? Yes. I actually, grew, <laughs> I actually grew up near a theme park in West Virginia called Camden Park, which was actually featured in Fallout 76. Yes. I believe it is still operational to this day, but it's very old, and I believe it is one of the oldest wooden roller coasters called the Big Dipper that was built in 1958. Really look forward to each episode that comes out. Love the podcast. Thank you, C. Murdoch. So he says, would you ever visit an old theme park? Okay, old, I guess, not abandoned. So Camden Park is isn't abandoned. It's just old. Yes, obviously. Yes. Have you heard about the Six Flags in New Orleans, Jeff? Uh, the one, yeah, the Katrina. It got Katrina, right? Yeah, Katrina. When Katrina hit, they shut down the park and this never reopened it. And yeah. uh, they filmed a number of movies. I want to say, was it Zombie Zombieland? Zombieland, I believe yeah. was filmed there. Yeah. 
Yeah, they, they film, but it's basically a, it's a really old, like uh, overgrown theme park. And there's a lot of uh, a lot of urban explorers have kind of jumped the fence. I think at this point it might be mostly dismantled. I think they finally kind of got rid of it all. But for a long, long time it was there. There is a uh, there's an island. Um, I want to say Discovery Island at Magic Kingdom, actually, um, that it was a whole island. There was kind of like a zoo type thing before Animal Kingdom existed. It was an island where they had, you know, like animals and stuff. And uh, you would have to take a, a like a barge to get there. And they just kind of shut it down, got rid of and moved all the animals and just left everything there. So people have found this island and gone through it and actually taken some really creepy photos and stuff. And there was a rumor for a while, actually, that island is going to be turned into mist. So the video game mist, they were going to make Disney was going to get the rights to it and actually make a mist island. You know, I, uh, I, I read a little bit about that island. It's actually quite fascinating. It's uh, I'm amazed that they still haven't done anything with it. Yeah, I don't know. I honestly at this point, I can't believe they haven't cleaned it up yet. But I mean. As technology uh, gets better, I imagine they're they're pretty secure. Anytime someone steps foot on that thing, they know immediately that someone's there. So we oh, won't be yeah. going to that one. I've got my annual pass. I don't want to lose that. So here is a follow up from a user on the site. It's S K I, but it's E S S K A Y A Y E. Just a little correction on some information. So uh, this, the, I pulled these comments from the Great White episode of Annual Pass, which is a couple weeks ago. All the Batman clones with the official Batman the Ride branding currently in operation have the full eight rows like the Great White. So I think I said they had seven, and the Great White had eight, but they added on the eighth. The only exception with that one is the one in New Orleans that relocated to Fiesta, Texas and renamed Goliath, which had seven, but appropriately enough, it started its life with the name Gambit anyway. So it wasn't actually Batman, it was Gambit and then whatever. So all the ones that have always been Batman the Ride have always had eight rows. Some of the older clones not specifically named Batman the Ride have eight and some have seven. And the one in Kuwait named Lightning only has six rows. It can all be a bit confusing when you're referring to what is essentially the same coaster having all these tiny variations. Thank you very much, SKI, keeping me on my toes, answering and, and correcting information. I like being correct. So that's very cool. And there's a lot of people out there who love roller coasters, Jeff. And love to correct you. Yeah, absolutely. That's fine. I enjoy being corrected. <laughs> Balling 0218 or Bowling 0218. Has Jack or Jeff ever been to Astro World? Would we'll love an episode or a few regarding closed down parks and their history. Love the show, y'all. Yes, I went to Astro World. Absolutely, I did. Did you ever go to Astro World? I don't specifically remember, but yeah, I know I I know I did when I was in the army. I just I just I can't remember. I would have been 18 or 19. I just can't remember. So for those of you who don't know, Astroworld was actually located directly across from the Astrodome in Houston, Texas. I don't know if it was initially just Astroworld and Six Flags bought it, but I remember it as Six Flags Astroworld. That's how I remember it as well, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know the history of it off the top of my head. Uh, they had a ride there called the Ultra Twister, which was a very, very simple ride. I might do an episode on it sometime, but uh, it was a, a ride where it like, flipped you upside down, and it was one that you went forward and turned around and went back. And I remember that one because my uncle went on it with me and then immediately threw up afterwards. (laughs) They also had a terrifying, terrifying uh, coaster, not a coaster, but I think a flatland attraction. It was like, you know, those pirate ships that go up and down, like back and forth. Yeah, they had one of those, except it was a spaceship because, you know, Houston's where the, uh, you know, NASA is. And it would go so fast that it would actually do a complete flip. So you oh. would literally flip upside down and go the west the rest of the way around. But it would get just enough momentum momentum to push you over that you would it seemingly hang upside down for like 30 seconds before you crested that hill. And so uh, um, 
absolutely <laughs> insanity. I never rode that, I'll be honest, because I was pretty young when I was there, but that one was terrifying to me. That sounds that sounds murderous. Yeah, yeah. So pretty wild. And so, hey, uh, thank you for the questions, everyone. Again, if you have any questions like that, please ask them in chat or in the uh, in the, uh, the the comments because I pull questions from comments on Rooster Teeth. So leave a leave a comment there, and uh, we'll we'll answer some questions for you. We're actually we're about to record. We're about to rebuild up our buffer, so we're going to record a few episodes. There might be a couple episodes where I pull like a lot of a lot of questions from the same episode to kind of get us ahead of things. So anyway. Heads up on that. One thing I do is every week I ask you a question, audience. That's right, community. I'm asking you a question. And the last question I asked that I'm answering now or that you guys answered was, what is your favorite show that you've seen at a theme park? Lots and lots and lots of great responses on this one, Jeff. Uh, This one from Foosnatch. (laughs) Great name. My favorite show is the Indiana Jones Stunt Spectacular. I remember seeing that show the first time I went to Disney and just thinking of how cool it all was. From seeing Indy fall from the roof to the plane, the exploding truck, and it just making my brain wonder how it was all done and thinking I would love to be a part of that. Well, fast forward and some years later and one of my best friends slash college roommate went to work for Disney and actually became one of the full-time Indiana Jones and worked for the show. I now have two children, and we went to Disney two years ago. My kids got to sit and watch the show with their uncle as Indiana Jones. We even got a tour of the stage. You got to see all the props and how it works. An amazing show with amazing people who work for it. That's cool. That's really, really neat. Uh, Yeah, the Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Spectacular is amazing. It's a really cool show. It's one of the, I don't know if it opened Disney MGM Studios, but it was definitely one of the earlier attractions, and it's still around, and it's still a really, really cool stunt show. The TNT Raider says, response to the question, my favorite show is a three-way tie between Waterworld at Universal Studios Hollywood, which is James Willems, a good friend of ours. That's his favorite show of all time. Fantasmic at Disneyland, which is another good show, and World of Color at Disney California Adventure. Those three have always captivated me in different ways, like with the explosive finale in Waterworld, the 40-foot tall fire-breathing dragon in Fantasmic, and the perfect blend of water, fire, and Disney storytelling in World of Color. I also have a question for both of you. Are there any rides you felt were too intense? That's cool, first of all. Those are all all amazing shows. I have not seen the World of Color show at Disney California Adventure, though, but I, Waterworld is fantastic. Have you been to Universal Hollywood, Jeff? Yes, but not... I don't believe there was a Waterworld show. Uh, many, many years ago with Gus, I went. I say, how young were you? Waterworld's been around for a long time. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't remember it. Uh, the big, the big, the big thing there was Van Helsing when we were there. I remember that being a big. Ah, uh, okay. Well, mm, I mean, Waterworld's been. Been there longer than Van Helsing. I would imagine. I just didn't. I, I don't remember interacting with it. Sorry. <laughs> you, just, you just pretty much close your eyes and just hold your girlfriend's hand anytime you go to a theme park at this point. Yeah, right? my girlfriend was was Gus at the time. So. <laughs> oh, by the speaking of girlfriends, uh, I did get a hot uh, a, a hot response check. Hot response uh, just, just in. came in. Uh, I asked my my girlfriend Emily. I said, uh, "Did we ride the Matterhorn?" Question mark. And she responded, uh, "Yeah." That Whoa. was the one. That was the one at night we did with the Yeti. <laughs> so there you go. How? How did you forget that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. All right. I'll be honest with you, Jack. I what, that day. I think when I was going around enjoying, uh, uh, I mean, on the one hand, uh, COVID was just starting, so I, I was just starting to become paranoid about that. And on the other hand, I didn't n- yet know that I was going to need to remember all this stuff for a podcast a year later. How do you forget a roller coaster with a Yeti uh, and, a, and a giant mountain and a giant 140 foot seven or 47 tall mountain foot tall because, mountain? Because as you pointed out so deftly earlier, there's a lot of mountains in Disneyland. <laughs> all right. All right. 
Well, do you, okay. Do you have any? Do you, have you been on any rides that you felt were too intense, Jeff? <laughs> yes, yes. Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey. Hundred <laughs> percent. Tear that, that thing down. Good. It's too much. No, don't tear it down. It's, it's a great ride. Just it's, close it's your eyes. It's not safe for the people. Just close your eyes. Too intense? I don't think so. I guess the only one is that one I've I've told the story about almost passing out on. That was at the 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 Austin Fair. But I don't know if carnival rides count that. But yeah, maybe a <laughs> carnival ride. So Martin EZD181 says the nighttime show. <laughs> here we go. The nighttime light show at Hogwarts and Islands of Adventure is the absolute best show, especially the dark arts version they do around Halloween. Seeing the castle light up with projection mapping of spiders, the mentors and Jeff's favorite snakes is just stunning. And to top it all off is narrated, is narrated by Dumbledore himself. I get chills every time. If you time it right, the best spot to see the show is during the clicky climb of the flight of the hippogriff there you go so yeah they, they they actually cover up the whole the whole castle with lights and stuff it's really really neat so we should we should check that out hopefully sometime we get back there quentin lf says my favorite show was definitely the lights motors action extreme stunt show in disney world between the car stunts people being lit on fire and the jet ski stunts it was such a fun show so lots and lots and lots of people said the lights motors action stunt show at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Uh, this was a car show. It's actually really, really neat. It still exists in Paris. So uh, it, it opened initially in Paris, and they brought it to the States and then closed it in the States. But I want to say it's still open in Paris. It's an amazing stunt show, Jeff. It, they have a full they have a full fire burns. So they light a guy on fire, and he runs around. There's cars. There's motorcycles, explosions, gunfire. It's a really, really cool show. I like that one a whole lot. That sounds cool. Yeah, absolutely. And our winner that I randomly selected that is going to get an autographed theme park map signed by Jeffrey and I is from Twilight Princess, but it's all like lead speak. So it's T.W.I. one. I anyway, Twilight Princess. My favorite show I've seen is the sea lion and otter spotlight at SeaWorld Orlando. They train the otters and sea lions to interact with things. They're basically acting out a little play. It's super cute and funny, and I love animals, so it's basically perfect to me. Aw. And it's funny. There was actually uh, there were a couple people who responded with the uh, the Clyde and Seymour show at SeaWorld, which uh, Clyde and Seymour have been around SeaWorld forever. I'm sure they just name whichever one Clyde and Seymour. But sure, sure. Yeah. So like, there's multiple Shamus. But anyway. That's cool. Congratulations, Twilight Princess. We will reach out to you through Rooster Teeth and uh, get a hold of your information and send you a theme park map autographed by Jeffrey and I. All right, so that's enough of the last one. Now we've got a new question for you for this week. Answer in the comments below, what is your favorite animatronic? It can be a one-off. It can be like all of the birds and the Tiki Room. It could be Harold the Yeti, whatever you want. Betty White. <laughs> is there a is Betty that, White? That's not... That's not common knowledge, is it? No. She's, she's I, I never mind. I retract. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said that in public. That's, that's not. That's that hasn't been confirmed yet. Let us know in the comments what your favorite animatronic of all time is. Any park, anywhere, whatever, one-offs. I don't care. I, I want to know about your animatronics. I'm excited for. It. I always loved the Wicked Witch of the West at uh, Great Movie Ride. That one mm -hmm. was awesome. She was super cool. Now she's red at Pirates of the Caribbean, so that's kind of cool. A little twofer for you. Can you think of any animatronics, Jeff, that you're a big fan of off the top of your head? Oh, uh, I like the birds. Uh, you like the, the tiki the birds? Yeah, that's my. F that, that was probably. I think we talked about this, but that was one of my favorite moments for sure at Disney. Yeah, was, yeah. So that's that's gonna do it. So thank you very much everyone for tuning in this week i really appreciate it again please spread the word about our podcast let your friends know about this podcast we we have a lot of fun making it and uh we we want to keep growing we want to get to the point where uh, you know everyone knows about us and we get out there we sell more shirts we get get ponchos hopefully at some point and uh, don't forget, you can grab your shirts and, uh, and jacket right now at store.roosterteeth.com as well. That supports us in the show. 
Follow us on all the social medias, annual underscore pass on Twitter and Instagram as well. And if you have anything, if you if you worked at Matterhorn or worked anywhere cool, email me, annualpass at roosterteeth.com. We'll take a look at it. I've got some cool interviews coming up soon. We, we're we're going to be talking to Imagineer pretty soon, a gentleman who's been doing Imagineering stuff for like over 30 years. I've got someone who worked at the Jungle Cruise on Hook right now. We've got someone who works at Schlitterbahn on Hook right now. We have a lot of cool stuff. We have a former Dracula from Beetlejuice's Graveyard Review, Jeff, that we're going to hopefully talk to pretty soon. That sounds awesome. And he's gone on to become a, a pretty big name, as a matter of fact, which is pretty pretty fantastic. But that's for another time, maybe closer to Halloween-ish. And, and also, uh, if you're in possession of any uh, knowledge or documentation that leads uh, towards the proof that Betty White is, in fact, <laughs> not, entirely or, uh, not entirely human or more than human... Uh, if you could please drop me a line, I would appreciate it. I'm 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 looking to get to the bottom of this thing. Spread the word about the show, please. Let let everyone you know know about Annual Pass. Again, we love doing this, and we want to keep doing it forever. So, love you guys. That's gonna do it for this week. Thank you very much. Stay safe. Be kind to each other, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.